You are locked in to Locked On Badgers as we break down everything that happened in that Michigan game. Ben and I took a little time before collecting our thoughts as we move forward with this Wisconsin football season. But first, we will look back on the Michigan loss, on everything that happened. It was honestly, I think, Ben, the most interesting of the three losses to look back at because we finally saw some glimpses of hope. And then all of a sudden, it somehow got even worse in the second half. But I'll, I'll, I'll save that for our entire episode as we break down why Wisconsin lost to Michigan, why the Badgers sit at one and three, and we look at the road ahead for Wisconsin football. I'm Asher Lowe, joined by Ben Kenny, as always here on the Locked On Badgers podcast, bringing you all things Wisconsin basketball, football, and athletics. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple, hit that subscribe button, drop a review. If you're on Spotify, hit that follow button. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us at Locked On Badgers at ALOW underscore 33 and at Ben Z. Kenny for all the updates on episodes and all things Locked On Badgers. We are also the team at BadgersWire.com, so make sure you catch up with our writing over with USA Today Sports at BadgersWire.com every single day of the week, and especially on game day and during the weekend as Wisconsin plays Illinois. We'll have all the preview stuff over there, all the post-game reaction stuff up at BadgersWire.com. Ben, we're back together on this Wednesday as we took a, a little time to digest this loss. We're back, and we're ready to talk about the third disappointment of the season in just four short games. Oof. I mean, at least given the trends, there won't be another disappointment until Iowa because this team is now 0-8 in their last eight games against ranked opponents. They haven't lost to an unranked team since Illinois in 2019, and obviously we know they're playing Mr. Bielema in Illinois this weekend. But, yeah, man, I, w- I was at the game, and – I like it looked as bad in person as it did on the broadcast. I rewatched the game afterwards. The the offense was just inept again, and the defense was put in too many tough spots. And obviously in the second half, they couldn't overcome that. Yeah. The offense once again, in the first half did absolutely nothing. Mertz struggled immensely until then the last 45 seconds of the half, because of course, At the moment and on the drive where you probably think points are least likely of any drive we've seen maybe Wisconsin have all year, what do they do? They go the length of the field with two of Mertz's – no, I'm just going to come out and say it. The two best throws Mertz has ever made in a Wisconsin Badger uniform, and they came back-to-back, both to Chimari DK. Then we roll into halftime, Wisconsin down 13-10. to The script, very similar to what we've seen. Offense putting the defense in bad situations. Offensive line, absolutely abysmal. Again, Mertz struggling until that last 45-second glimmer of hope. It was magical. All the momentum on Wisconsin's side. They come out in the third quarter, and the offensive line doesn't let him get off a first and 10 deep shot, which I love the call, but you got to protect if you want to take a shot. Uh, I was talking in Twitter spaces, and we had a lot of people in there. It was a lot of fun. At halftime, I think we had like 40 people in there. And I was talking with Josh Schaefer and former WSCM sports director, Carter Thompson. And we all agreed that Wisconsin had to come out and take a shot early. They did, Ben, but the offensive line couldn't protect against it. What happens on the third play of that drive, the play that ended that drive and ended all of Wisconsin's momentum. Graham Mertz gets hurt. Jake Ferguson gets hurt on the same play as the offensive line allows a free shot at Mertz. You get chest injury, goes to the hospital. He's okay. And I think all signs, Ben, although he's questionable on the injury report, I think all signs right now point to him playing against Illinois. But man, 
it was right there for the taking. All the momentum on Wisconsin's side, and then that one play. It's been the whole year. I mean, you look back to the Penn State game, Wisconsin has the momentum and chances to win. Obviously, doesn't do it. Against Notre Dame, they go ahead entering the fourth quarter. They give up the kick return. They get blown out in the fourth quarter. And then Michigan, I mean, yeah, that drive gave us a glimpse of an offense we haven't really seen since Mertz's first game as quarterback, or even go back to 2019 when there was a Jack Cohn Quintez Cephas connection on the outside. And when you look at Mertz's entire game, I mean, I thought it was the best he's looked, Asher, actually since the Illinois game last season. He started 0 for 4, and he had that tough start with the running game not doing anything. The running game finished with 32 carries for 43 yards. They could do nothing against the Michigan defensive line. And a lot of that was the offensive line struggling to run block and struggling to open up holes. And when Mertz dropped back, it was the same story. He was pressured constantly. And we know he's had problems even when he hasn't been pressured in delivering passes. But we saw on the final two drives of the first half, the field goal drive and then the touchdown drive, Mertz made throws that we haven't seen him make in two years. He had the one to Ferguson when Wisconsin is back on their own six-yard line. There's a guy coming in his face and he delivers a beautiful touch pass over the corner or over the linebacker, excuse me, ahead of the safety. They go on to kick a field goal on that drive. And then the next drive, I thought the first pass to DK was even more impressive than the second because you have a guy coming into Mertz's face. He knows he's about to get absolutely drilled and he lets the ball go before DK reaches the top of his route. The placement is perfect. The speed is perfect. It was a glimpse of hope. And I tweeted this going to halftime. It was a glimpse of hope that I haven't had this year at all. And it sucks because, and as you said, they go out in the second half. They have a chance with the ball to really seize control of the game. Because at that point, the defense was still playing really well and they were keeping the team in it. But the offensive line, I mean, the first play, they take the shot. And I counted, the the, the play is up on my Twitter. I counted five Michigan rushers ended up getting a free shot at Mertz towards like as that play was going down, which like Wisconsin just didn't even block anybody. And that was the story of the game. It sucks because even in Mertz's best performance and glimmer of, uh, I'll say production or moving forward to be that really good quarterback, even when we did see it, the offensive line didn't give him a chance to succeed. I don't even know how to react to those two plays, Ben, because those are throws that, how many, actually, I'll ask you, you probably know better than I, how many D1 quarterbacks in FBS do you think can make those throws? 20. Exactly. Which is, 20. is it, is that more frustrating or is that more exciting? Cause for no. me, honestly, it's frustrating at this point, to be honest, that's frustrating to hear because I agree. Those throws were ridiculous. Those are throws that no Wisconsin quarterback has been able to make since Russell Wilson. I think you'd agree with that. I think yeah. that. Jack Cohn had it in the bag, but not necessarily consistently. We don't want to talk about Jack Cohn right now, do we? No, we don't. Man, it just gets to me, Ben. It just gets to me because you've watched him struggle with the most basic of basic things. You've watched him struggle throwing a three-yard out for a first down on time. You've watched him triple pump to a bubble screen and then throw a pick six across the field. And then you watch him do that. So a couple of things. One, it is becoming increasingly evident that Mertz is not good at throwing on the run. 
yet Paul Chris continues to have him roll out and throw on the run a lot, but that's more in the minutia. I'm going to look, I'm going to try to look at this game positively because we, I, we haven't really talked about the defense much this year because everybody knows what they are. This is one of the most dominant Wisconsin fronts we've seen in a while. And the secondary has given up big plays. There were some critical passes that Cade McNamara was able to make. And I credit Michigan for making the plays. And part of that is on the Wisconsin secondary. But the defense as a whole, we've been beating this drum. They're going to have the team in every game. I'm going to try to look at this game positively because they lost this season after expectations entering of going back to the Big Ten championship, possibly winning it. This season obviously is falling far short of that. The team's off to their worst start since 1990. And there usually aren't many good signs to take away from that. But from Saturday, what I saw from Mertz all game, as I mentioned, he started over four. Some of that was the entire offense just not being able to move because the complimentary plays can't be called. The run game doesn't work. So then Mertz has to do a lot and the offensive line couldn't protect it. But he finished the game eight for 15, 115 yards and a touchdown. You take away those four incompletions. I mean, he played really well. And I'm going to try to take that as positives moving forward. Aside from Iowa, there's not another ranked team on the schedule. And we know how much he struggled against ranked opponents. So I, I think there is enough of a positive light from Mertz, even in the awful loss that like moving forward, maybe you think this team can turn it around a little bit and hopefully in the next year. But that's a later conversation. Yeah. So I think that overall, Ben, of the three games, this is the one you could take the most positive from in terms of the loss, because listen, let's be honest. This year is almost a wash, almost not quite at that level yet, but it's almost a year where you're just wondering what's next. You're going to be like almost. I think they're an Iowa loss away from that. You would agree. I would agree. Obviously, I, a trip up against Illinois or army would do that for them, but we don't Purdue. Neither of us expect that to happen. Purdue. Purdue is the, is the game. That's just, that's the one you're circling. And I, I told you during the offseason I was scared about that game. You did. I told you I was scared about the Army game. I just – I Army hasn't looked good. So And I don't know how they – I said it last week. I don't know how they pick up a first down. I, they'll pick up first downs. I promise. <laughs> and they'll do it on defense. Uh, so, <laughs> so, with that being said, the Mertz positives, which it was only two throws, guys, but, like, those two throws – Three. No, it was three throws. It was three, maybe more. The Jake I, Ferguson throw or what? The Jake Ferguson the throw one? is, uh, yeah, the first one, it was the drive before that I just mentioned. It was a touch pass. We haven't seen him deliver. There's the most positive to take away from this one just because of what we saw with Mertz. Because, Ben, the offensive line, there's so much young talent that I'm not super worried about the future of the offensive line. I'm definitely worried about the present, and I don't think it's going to fix itself anytime this year. It's never going to look like a good Wisconsin offensive line, in my opinion, this season. But I'm not as worried about the future of that position as I'm worried about the future of quarterback right now. And I think Mertz showing us that meant a lot. And I want your reaction to that in a sec. But first, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the place to go and get Wisconsin minus 10. Interesting number at Illinois. Ben is already making faces. So whatever that means, uh, I'm assuming Illinois plus 10 will be your play at BetOnline.ag, Ben. That's my lock of the, that's my lock of the week. It's your lock of the week. Wow. Ben Kenny's lock of the week is riding against Wisconsin, which would be a pretty profitable strategy if you've done it so far. Uh, they're one and three against the spread and obviously one and three on the year. And all three of their losses, Ben, they have been the favored team. 
BetOnline.ag—the place to go. Use code Locked On to get fifty percent added to your welcome bonus, doubling your initial deposit right off the bat at BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back to the Michigan game. Uh, the run defense, Ben, before we go back to Mertz, the run defense was, I'd say, par. Like, Michigan did a little bit of what they wanted to do on the ground, but I think both of us expected Wisconsin to be good against the one-two punch of Haskins and Corum, and I think overall the Badgers were. Kate oh. McNamara made a huge couple of throws in this game and, and was yeah. the better quarterback, obviously. Mertz had to leave the game. But, uh, and then we're going to talk about Chase Wolf, but react to the defense for a sec. Oh, definitely. Hassan Haskins, two and a half yards of carry. Blake Corum, 3.1. That's all you can ask the rush defense to do. I mean, this was a game, Asher, that is 13-10 coming out of half. Mertz gets hurt. Michigan gets the ball back. They score. On that drive, they converted three big-time fourth and shorts, which were tough to see the Wisconsin defense not hold strong on, and they end up scoring a touchdown. One of those was a really crazy play on the sideline by a wide receiver. Once they score that touchdown in, in that position, it's 20 to 10. Mertz is out of the game. The game's over. So I'm not really going to give a lot of, I don't know, reason to the end of the game with Michigan getting up to 38 because Wisconsin was turning the ball over like crazy. And the game was over by then. I think the defense losing hope in, in what they could do towards the end of games in that second half, I think that's real. So I, I had no problems with what the defense did. I give credit, honestly, to Cade McNamara and some of those Michigan receivers for making some really impressive plays because I, I think Michigan made those plays as opposed to Wisconsin, say, getting beat like we saw against Penn State. Yeah, I agree. I think Michigan definitely made the throws, made the catches too. A couple really huge uh, catches where Wisconsin wasn't in terrible positions defensively, but I remember that adjustment. On, I think it was like third and 12, uh, an adjustment to come back and get the ball uh, on a big third down. And uh, that, that was in the second half, too. That was the first Michigan possession, I believe, in the second half that resulted in a touchdown. So that's pretty much uh, a seven-point play right there. And Wisconsin, yeah, they allowed a couple of those long third downs to be converted on. But I'd actually give more of the credit to Michigan's offense, Ben, because those were plays that were made. Those were not defensive mistakes, say, against Penn State. Those were defensive mistakes, right? Against Michigan, I didn't see one massive blunder that I'm pointing to, like, wow, that cost Wisconsin something huge. I'm seeing more of plays Michigan made that were there to be made. Well, Harbaugh put his balls on the floor and called a flea flicker. But what are you going to do against that? I wouldn't say it was a defensive lapse as much. It was was on first down, too, I think. Yeah. It was a great call uh, at the perfect time. And, yeah, I think the defense, we knew what they would do coming in, man. Uh, But for all you student section people, for all you Wisconsin fans at the game, and Ben, I know you heard one behind you, or so you told me. For all you people talking about, put in Chase Wolf, or Graham Mertz isn't going to play. Asher, it can't be worse. Quarter, I tweeted first quarter, 
of this game that, and this is when Mertz was 0 for like 10 or something, right? 0 for his first 8, 9, 10. I tweeted first quarter of this game. There is no option behind him. So stop talking about it. He can't be worse, Asher. As I said, once Chase Wolf entered the game, the game was over. I Everybody in the stadium knew that Wisconsin was down 10 when he comes in the game. They had no shot to close that gap. The game was over midway through the third quarter. The way I break this down, and I, I mean, we, we could talk about Chase Wolf and his performance for a while, but I think it'd be a colossal waste of time. The way that I break this game down is throughout the first half, why did Wisconsin really struggle on offense? The offensive line put forth one of the worst performances I've seen the unit play. They they really struggled. And give credit to Michigan's defensive line. Chinson was an animal. They, they were bringing safety Daxton Hill down, and, and he was blowing plays up. So it's a tough defense they went against. But the Wisconsin offensive line really struggled. And then Mertz, in spite of that struggle, single-handedly with Shamir DK, led a touchdown drive. Going to the second half, you have hope. As I said, the offensive line breaks down. And then the game's over. So, I, I, I mean, what's really to break down in this contest is the first half, why do Wisconsin's offense struggle? And then the second half, or the first drive of the second half, Merce gets hurt, it's over. You remember when I talked about offensive line snap counts and yes. how they were pretty much equally splitting time at every position, and I, I needed that to change because that's not how you find continuity? Well, Joe Rudolph did listen. Caden Lyles was a clear starter at center. You had Jack Nelson and Seltzner at the guard spots and then Beach and Bruss at tackle. There was no Logan Brown. However, like that was Wisconsin's offensive line's worst performance of the year. And that's coming with a lot of experience and the guys that we pegged as starters entering the year that projected to be really good. So, I mean, where I don't have much hope for this team and I, I mean, I hope the young guys can develop, but how, how is the line regressed this much? Wisconsin can't do anything on their offense if the line is bad. Even like, like even if they had Jonathan Taylor back there, Asher, he's not going to single-handedly carry that offensive line to rushing success. Like, I don't see good to see that they finally had five in there the whole time. Now you just need to see a group of five that that works because the offense doesn't have a chance with with how these guys are playing. Uh, they don't. And I think that the defense has been – put in so many ridiculous positions, Ben, that to be as good as they've been honestly means something different than just looking at, say, uh, stats on paper, right? Because, like, the positions they've been put in, the starting field position, the amount of points the offense has given up uh, as a result of turnovers, as a result of just stalling drives, as a result of Mertz's inability to complete passes. I Jim Leonard for president. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Later this week, I do want to get into, I mean, the state of Paul Christ and Joe Rudolph and stuff. But the biggest thing, just like this final score is not indicative of where this team is. Like they keep losing to really good teams, but it's also stuff that just gets out of control. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah, this season is probably lost, but I, I'm trying my best to find positives entering Illinois because they're going to end up beating a bunch of these Big Ten West teams. Hopefully they make a bowl game, which ESPN FBI doesn't think they will. But then going to next year, I just want hope on offensive line. I, I want to see young guys develop. And I, I mean, I pray that the entire defense doesn't leave because that's what it 
looks like right now. Before we get back to breaking down Wisconsin and Michigan, looking ahead to the rest of the season, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers you more college football props than anyone in the world and offers you your power five games. It offers you pretty much anything across the sport. It gives you any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to interceptions. It doesn't give you injuries, but that would have been a profitable bet last Saturday. All of the users that deposit and use your pro use the promo code locked on will receive an 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You could pick two to five players on any over under on their projections. You choose the stat and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. It's you versus the projected numbers. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code locked on or go to your app store, download the app today. Again, that's promo code locked on for an 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the game. They just sent me a box of cookie dough Built Bars. I had two yesterday. Probably gonna have another two today, Ben, as I take them to the NL wildcard game with me for some playoff baseball that, well, only one of our two baseball teams knows anything about on this show. Bill Bar has a ton of delicious flavors, whether it be some of my favorites, salted caramel, uh, mint brownie, and a cookie dough I've had recently has been awesome. Uh, the best part about them, though, not the flavors, the fact that you can get all of them in a mixed box, get 10 of or two of each of the 10 Bill Bar flavors in a Bill Bar mixed box, but also every single one of those bars packed with 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams net carbs. Bill Bar is the move when you're hungry, when you're looking for that protein snack. Built Bar is the way to go. Use code LOCKED15, LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first Built Bar purchase. Code LOCKED15 so they know Locked On Badgers sent you to BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first Built Bar purchase. I have one final thing that I'm going to mention and I know you're going to agree with before we do Illinois. Special teams, again. I mean, when are we going to reach the point that these special teams aren't even good, but they're average? They muffed that. They, they hand Michigan three points, I believe it ended up, where... I, I forget who was back there fielding the punt, but I know he let it bounce at the five. It hits Hunter Roller. Michigan recovers. I mean, that like the, this team also won't reach a new level of success until special teams are just okay and, and, and not bad. That's a position coach that needs to change. I'm just going to say it right off the bat. Like, Well, you know, the problem is Chris Herring, the special teams coach, is also Wisconsin's best recruiter. That is, that is a problem. Yes. It's very interesting. I do think Paul Curtis at the end of this season is going to have to evaluate some, I, I don't know how to put it. There is going to be some, like, like Parker said, he's going to look inwardly in terms of, you know, how the team can get better and stuff. I, I mean, there might be a better way forward changing some, some way the staff is configured. I don't have an exact answer to that, but it's not going to be a, a changing of head coach. Parker is not going anywhere, but below him, there may be some changes. Okay, Ben, so before we close off this Wednesday, quick Illinois thoughts, rapid fire. Your initial <sighs> opening thoughts is we'll, we'll dig into this on Thursday and Friday, but your initial opening thoughts on, honestly, a pretty interesting game for Wisconsin because there's a chance this thing goes off the rails. There really is. Uh, Brett Bielema. Uh, that's thought one. I, he, he talked all week about it not being significant. He's playing Wisconsin, whatever. It's funny. He was like, yeah. Wisconsin's rush defense, number one in the country, but statistics are just a point of reference. We want to do the same thing we did against Charlotte 
Uh, check your notes. Charlotte has the 128th best rush defense in the country. That is out of 130 schools, Asher. So I, yeah, I, I mean, Illinois offense won't do much. If not anything, they can't, they're not good at throwing the ball. They, they run the ball a lot and they've had success. It's just a question of does Graham Mertz play? And I think the answer right now is trending towards yes, but we don't have one. We will have one for you though, later in the week, as always on Wisconsin, we'll be back here the next two days, breaking down the Badgers and the fighting Illini as we get ready for Saturday.